0: Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Looking still at the gospel of grace, as long as we have the law in our house, in our churches, in our personal lives, we will be still babies in God. God said that when you allow the grace and truth to enter that is Jesus to enter he will write the laws he will live in you and keep reminding you even though you don't have any laws or whatever he will be reminding you do this don't do this do this don't do this like remember the uh, example of the candy you know we have 50 Candies in the can, candy jar, whatever. And when we want to take off so many, the Holy Spirit will tell you, hey, don't do it. Keep it for the guys that are coming today. They they need a lot of them. Don't take it. That is the law. Even though without any book or without anything, the Holy Spirit will speak to you within yourself. The Holy Spirit will say, hey, there's a curve coming. Don't go so speed, Don't, don't be so fast. Slow down your speed and uh, God is going to help you because the laws are written in the heart. So as long as you have the law in your life, you cannot be Totally successful, totally delivered, totally walking in the peace and the strength and the love, the healing and the prosperity. And whatever God has given to you for this life, it is going to be a tough road for you. Yes, we see even, you know, Abraham basically, you know, was under the grace of God, under the grace of God and how God has blessed him. And here, in the in the scriptures in the New Testament, Abraham's life has been taken as an example. He had two sons: one was from the bond woman Hagar, and one from the free woman Sarah. And and in the scripture, the Holy Spirit has compared the scripture Ishmael to law. And how? Hagar was used to produce something, to work out something because what God has spoken has not come true. So you have to do some self-effort and uh, do something and pressure and Performance and uh, air, we need someone very fast. Let us do it. Maybe God thought, uh, you know, Hagar will be the one, his offspring. So Sarah sent Hagar and said, okay, this is what, uh, do something Abraham. So he performed, He, he had to come up with his own efforts. God said, I will give you and Sarah. Not to Hagar, not to born servant, born woman, but Ishmael came through performance, self effort, self, my own thing, my own struggle, Hagar, self effort, performance. And we see the law there, we see how law is existing and here. Grace, the example of grace where God had compared, you know, to a dead womb of Sarah and Abraham. Both of them old, 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 dead, 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 dead. I mean, 10 times dead. <laughs> There's nothing there. They were old, almost 100 years. God spoke to him. You know, 87 years when he was there, 13 years because of the Hagar situation, Ishmael situation, the law situation, self-effort and performance situation, God kept silence for 13 years. And God said, okay, now are you done? Now all your bones are loose. Now all your body is all dead. All everything, there's nothing that can be produced. Now, you see what I'm going to do. You think you could do it? You think that my promise is that? No. My promise you will see now. Out of nothing, out of dead womb, out of the dead, every part of your body is dead. I am going to give you unmerited, undeserving love. Compassion, power and my promise is going to be fulfilled The dead womb, you know, Abraham, Father Abraham and Sarah believed and said, God, we believe you We believe you, Lord, that you would do it And then grace, because of grace, undeserving, they could not do anything Even they (laughs) could have taken, you know, nowadays you take all these pills to, you know become strong or whatever. I mean, even then, the the womb of Sarah and Abraham, nothing could have happened. That's when the promise of God, the grace of God entered into the picture. Brothers, as long as you want to perform, nothing is going to happen. Let's not uh, perform. Let's not do self efforts, but rest in the promise of Jesus and not mess up in life when God promises. These are the allegories of two covenants. One is the covenant of law. One is the covenant of grace. God shows. Hagar is the covenant of law. And Sarah is covenant of grace. Ishmael law. Isaac grace. If the administration of condemnation of glory you know, was so much sensitive, so many things, how much more the administration of righteousness exceeds in glory. Law was not wrong. Law was glorious. Law was spectacular. But there was glory in the law, but nobody could keep the glory. If there was glory in the law, how much glory is going to be there when grace enters? 2nd Corinthians three nine, For if the ministry that brings condemnation, death and destruction and oppression, depression and all kinds of evil, the old covenant, the law, how glory, how much more does glory overflow in the ministry that brings righteousness. The new covenant which declares believers free of guilt. And sets them apart from God's special purpose. Hallelujah. The new covenant, brothers, the covenant of grace, the gospel of grace declares believers free of guilt. You know why you're sick, why people suffer from sicknesses, disease, infirmities, failures in life because of guilt, because of condemnation. Guilt eats them up. Guilt eats them up. Condemnation eats them up. Their bodies are eaten up because of something they have done ages ago. They're not able to forgive. They're not able to give up. But God is saying, there's greater glory. Give up. I'm giving you the grace, the gift of no condemnation, no guilt. engraven in your hearts I will give you. How much more Ten Commandments God has given on the stone, the administration of condemnation, death, law. Now if the ministry of death engraven in the letters or stone, law which leads to death because of sin, how much glorious splendor would be in grace. You know, this particular engraven of stones, Ten Commandments, the Israelites were not able to look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory sitting in the presence of God. In God's glory, Moses' face was shining brilliant. I mean, it was glowing. It was such brilliance. But you know what? That was fading. Scripture if you read down it was fading. Law stresses us all. If you have law it stresses us all. Sin that came from Adam that is in all of us. Law is in all of us. The shame, the guilt is in all of us. Moses's glory was done away with one day How much the Holy Spirit, you know, the plans, the laws, the plans are all gone. The law is gone. It passed away. The glory of Moses, the veil was diminishing. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 3.10 talks about it. What had glory? The law. Indeed, what had glory? The law. In this case, no glory or no longer has glory because of the glory that surpasses it. The gospel, the gospel surpasses the glory. So people thought, you know, he, Moses had to have a veil, had to have a veil. So he after some time, after he came back from the mountain, he was with people. People could not see him face to face because his face was shining so bright. You know, when you rub with God, you get that glory, you get that anointing, that, you know, presence of God, the God of heaven lives in you when he lives in you. The glory shines. The devil will not look at you face to face because he sees the glory. And, uh, and, and, and Moses had to put his veil on and teach the people. You know, but what happened? The glory started fading away. But still, Moses had to keep the veil because he didn't want people or people did not want to know you know God was not with him the the he had a superficial veil even though his face was not shining his face was uh, not glowing the glory was not showing he still had a veil because it was diminishing and and, and uh, people uh, thought Moses was not connected to God the glory of the law diminishes whenever you preach law the glory It does work. People are convicted. People are horrible, miserable, condemned. Thousand times they raise their hands to be saved. Now who wants to be saved? Every Sunday you are saved. The whole week you are again gone. Sunday comes, saved. Saved, dead. Saved, dead. Saved, dead. That's what happens. The glory fades away when you preach the law. It was intended, the glory was intended, the law was intended to be vanished. Verse 14, but in fact, their minds were hardened for they had lost the ability to understand. For until this very day at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it was removed only in Christ. Till today. Preaching in the churches, preaching in the places, even at the Paul's time too. That's what Paul is writing, Paul is talking about. The glory, the veil is still there, but the the word of God says it has been taken away. The Old Testament veil is done away. When Christ was resurrected, the veil was torn into two pieces in the temple. You could see the Holy of Holies, God was not in the temple, that's it, lifted up. No more separation between the priest, the ark, the God, priest and the people. People and God have became one. The Holy Spirit has come and dwelt in us, not in the man-made tabernacle, the temple. He came and started living in us. The veil was torn. Moses' veil was lifted up. There is no glory there. The law, there is no glory. Law was fulfilled Jesus. He took all the glory away. The law is glory. He was glorified. uh, Glorified body because he ruled and reigned. And took the strength of sin. What is strength of sin? 1 Corinthians 15.56 is law. Law has a strength, that is sin. Law strengthens sin. If you have sin in your life and if you are preaching law, sitting under the law, it will make you more stronger in sin. The grace is the one that is going to be leading you, guiding you, teaching you. The Old Testament will done away because of Jesus' resurrection. Where the spirit is there, there is freedom. There is no sin, brothers. People think when you preach the gospel of grace, there is sin existing. No, when someone pays for you, if I come and pay, you know, you are living in a shack, you are lost. Everything is lost of yours. I come and say, hey, here, you had a million dollar home. You lost everything here. I'm giving you this and I tell the real estate guy or whoever the builder, Don't charge him, charge me. You are going to be indebted to me all my life. You will hug me whenever you see me. You hug me, you kiss me, you bring fruits, you bring cakes, you bring all kinds of things because I helped you. That is what has happened when Jesus did. When a gospel of grace is preached, you don't go to sin. You are indebted. You are loving. You are always so thankful. So humble. To that person. When you preach grace. That's what Jesus did. He removed your guilt. He removed your shame. He removed your condemnation. And. When you. Are under the law. The veil is gone. The spirit. Where there is spirit. There is freedom. Verse 18. Beholding. All the glory and we all with unveiled face continually seeing as in the mirror of the glory of the Lord and progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit, uh, spirit of freedom. Free. What is happening? Continually seeing. Okay, there is freedom in the spirit, continually, progressively, people are not patient when you follow the Lord, they want everything instant like this, fast, fast, fast. No, the walk of the Lord is progressive, being transformed progressively into his image from one degree of glory and even more glory, which comes from the Lord. Who is the spirit who lives in you? Yes, brothers and sisters. We are looking with Old Testament glasses. Put on the New Testament glasses. You'll get the total picture. People don't know. They don't even read the Old Testament. So how can they understand the New Testament? Read the Old Testament. See the pictures, the shadows, the images of Jesus hidden in the Old Testament in Leviticus, in the rituals, in all those things, the shadows. And here is the picture. Put on the New Testament glasses. If you don't neglect one, you get a huge understanding, you know, beholding him and you become like Jesus, you become like Christ. Yes, as he is, so are we in this world. How? By beholding and trusting in the Holy Spirit, exactly. John, 1 John 4, 17. In this union and fellowship with Him, okay, you need to have fellowship, union with Him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face Him. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Not when we go to heaven. and we go to heaven, we are perfect. Like Jesus Christ, what is the use of being, you know, living a life of hell on earth? What is the difference of following Jesus? Everybody is following everybody. All roads lead to Rome and all rivers lead to ocean. And you are also going and falling in the ocean and dying. What is the use? If you don't have a difference in this world, that is a difference. Believing in Jesus, there is a difference. That difference is you live in this world like Jesus. Jesus was not sick. Jesus didn't have oh migraine headache. I can't come today for the meeting. I can't preach. I had fever. Oh, I can't come. <laughs> Jesus did. Jesus was not like that. He was in this world, perfect and strong and prayerful, walking under the anointing, binding people, uh, the demonic people that were oppressed with demons, healing people, raising the dead. <laughs> we need to be like him. We are like him in this world. As he is, Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Matthew 10.8, he sent his disciples and he said, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast the demons out. Exactly. As Jesus is or was, he is or he was in this world, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. That is the glory in the gospel of grace. As he is, so are we in this world because he lives in us. We carry the heaven. Heaven is in my heart. That's what the scripture says. We carry heaven in our hearts, brothers and sisters. To bring us into the very image and nature and character of God, we have this grace, the undeserved, unmerited favor of God. Praise God for his grace, endures forever and ever and ever. I tell you, brothers, if you are living in, uh, in the law, if you are listening to the law, if you are listening to the things that is not going to help you, the things that have already been faded away, the things that are already gone in the wind, Jesus has taken away, He fulfilled he is the one who took the glory away. There is no more glory in the temple, in the Ark of the Covenant. There is nothing there. Glory is faded away. Moses had to pretend it's gone. The presence of God uh, God was gone. And we are still trying to find glory in the old ways of doing. Jesus said, as he is, so are we in this world, brother. This world, that's the scripture I'm talking about. I'm not talking, I'm not making up anything, I'm just talking 1 John 4.17, 1 John 4.17. As he is, so are we in this world. The grace of God will help you heal the sick, raise the dead, cast the demons out, cleanse the lepers, cast the demons out. That's what is going to happen. There is power in the gospel of grace. There is might in the gospel of grace. Prosperity in the gospel of grace. I pray that the grace of Jesus would endure forever in your life. And don't have mixtures of grace and law and law and grace and grace and law. May God bless you and I pray that you would Look and search the scriptures, what I'm saying. The church needs to get this truth for the end time harvest. Listen to my past and the future episodes that are coming. God will bless you and use you mightily. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.